Good morning and welcome. Happy Monday. I know those two words don't go together, happy and Monday, but it is Monday. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group, and I hope this finds you well today. Uh, the first thing, I'm, I'm feeling so much better uh, this weekend. Uh, Saturday, uh, I felt better. Sunday, yesterday, we kind of felt like my as close to my old self uh, as I've been since uh, coming down with, with COVID. Uh, still at home, still in the bedroom, uh, hoping that uh, I'll be out of quarantine on Wednesday. I have a doctor's appointment on Wednesday. Uh, right now, I plan, my plan anyway, is I will be back at work Thursday. Uh, so uh, I appreciate uh, all the support and the prayers. Uh, Eric is still in the hospital. We we uh, still need you guys to really be praying for Eric. Uh, this has been a a battle, and as you know, when you're in the hospital, as long as he's been in it, it's it's never a good thing. But um, no no changes. Uh, we had uh, there was a. An incident with a blood clot. Uh, they were able to. Looks like they were able to treat it. So, um, thankfully for that, because that was another dangerous situation for Eric to be in. Uh, continue to have him in your prayers. I will keep you updated. Uh, but again, uh, made a lot of progress this weekend, and in feeling confident. Hopefully, I'll be able to return to work. Uh, come. Come Thursday morning, I'll be at the office. the The issue for me isn't uh, COVID anymore. Uh, I'm not infectious. Uh, you can't. I can't give it to anybody anymore. Uh, I, I guess for at least a little while, anyway, uh, I won't be able to get it. Uh, but it's just the, the the pneumonia part. There, I am a uh, still uh, my immune system is weakened, and I am susceptible to getting pneumonia again, and that's what they want to avoid. They actually just want me to avoid contact uh, with other people because of that. So hopefully uh, that'll get lifted, and I will be back to, at the office on Thursday. And I know uh, we're pretty much all caught up, so everybody's uh, on top of it. Uh, Wendy, Arlene, Brooke are all working in the, at the Phoenix office. Uh, Wendy um, has suspended her retirement. You know, Wendy uh, was supposed to retire uh, right that first week of July. Uh, she has been gracious and, and uh, gave us some time and effort. Uh, I actually talked to her this morning and told her, hey, I don't think we'll need you at the office, especially if I'm back on Thursday. Uh, but uh, we, we've got Phoenix covered, uh, Jason and Bernice. Uh, they've got Colorado covered. And uh, everything is flowing pretty well. The only thing, silver uh, has broken $20 this morning. Uh, the last tick I saw was $20.18, up $0.42. Cents. I don't have any. I don't have any junk silver. I don't have any silver eagles. Uh, I'm kind of hoping as this price, as the silver price continues to rise, that we'll get this, uh, this two-way market back again. Uh, the the mint is unable to keep up with silver eagle demand. Uh, they have been raising production, which is a positive thing. Uh, they just haven't been raising it fast enough. 
to get more silver eagles out on the market. Uh, the junk silver, we had we hit a bunch. We hit a vein. We were running this, last week. Remember, we were running those junk quarters and just disappeared uh, and it have, have not returned. We haven't had junk silver. I want to say since. It was either Tuesday or Wednesday of last week. Uh, so we have had ac- no access to any silver uh, of any kind. When, like I said, when I get back to the office on Friday, uh, I may be, and I know I can, I can find, you know, we were selling a lot of those higher-end Morgan and Peace dollars. I'm sure I can get those, but that's a, that there's, there's some tricks you got to be involved in for those product lines, and, and I need to be physically present uh, to get those things done. So maybe at the end of the week uh, we'll have uh, some of those higher-graded, higher nicer, sharper-looking piece and Morgan dollar coins available. Uh, but I'll keep you posted on silver. Like I said, as the price rises, uh, hopefully we'll get to see. You know, there's people out there that, hey, I'm not selling it until it's 20 I'm not selling until it's 22. Uh, you know, I've already said I think $25 silver is in the bag for the year, uh, and that may be low. Uh, so $30 wouldn't surprise me. Uh, on on the silver side, gold's up again. Gold's up another eight and a half dollars. Uh, 18, 18, 18, 19. Uh, we're going to have new all-time highs on gold. I've already told you that. Uh, the dollar is continuing to weaken now and we'll continue to watch that and and like i said sometime this week i'll be doing a a feature on the dollar uh and and giving you a forecast of where i think the dollar is going to be uh you know we'll we'll probably focus end of the year uh through the next five so uh where it's going to be at the end of the year where where the dollar is going to be uh, potentially five years from today, uh, I do believe uh, you know we're in these you know the dollar run cycles. You, you got the up cycles, the down cycles. Uh, the the latest up cycle is over. Uh, we're now I think entering the next down cycle, and we've had a very clear pattern over the last twenty years now with the dollar, uh, with these patterns. The up cycles, we end up with higher highs. The down cycles, we always end up with lower lows. So we'll have to keep that in mind as we watch all, how all this plays out. Pedro Radio News Hour. We'll be back right after the break. 800-951-0592. Pedro Radio News Hour. Joe Jacobwood with you live here uh, on this Monday uh, still stuck in my bedroom, but feeling a lot better. Uh, the weekend uh, really uh, just my body finally starting to to snap back here, feeling uh, uh, just a lot healthier, uh, not as tired, getting some rest. Uh, the anxiety is pretty much gone now, uh, which has been a big relief for me. And uh, just just getting ready, though, just ready to get back to work and and really dive into things and uh, hopefully on Wednesday I get the green light and I'll be back uh, working with you uh, at the Phoenix office uh, come Thursday morning uh, and we continue to pray for Eric and hopefully we can get him get him out of the hospital get him at home and and have him back at Patriot where he belongs uh, as quickly as possible uh, having said that, the president was out talking today, so now they're talking about 
I don't know what to call it, stimulus five, uh, coronavirus relief, uh, whatever they're going to label it. The, the president is laying out his term. So obviously we need the Republicans and the Democrats to come together to to get a bill passed. Uh, there's going to be more def you know more deficits, more things to you know hand off you know whatever happened. Hey, we can't hand this to our kids and our grandkids all this debt. And I started thinking about you know in in 2008 the Fed's balance sheet was about 400 billion dollars. Everybody and their mother saying, and I don't know where it is right now, seven, eight trillion, but most people think by the end of the year, the Fed's balance sheet is going to be $10 trillion. So we've added $10 trillion of debt. And believe me, that's what it is. That's what the Fed is holding. They're holding U.S. Treasury debt. They're holding mortgage-backed security debt. They're holding junk uh, commercial paper debt. I mean, they're holding... If there's a debt, they're holding it. $10 trillion in 12 years. Then you look at the federal government. The federal government, we're looking at an increase of almost $20 trillion. If I did the end of the year, oh, boy, I don't, I don't know... Uh, it'll be $22, 23000000000000 more. So between the Federal Reserve and the federal government, and again, remember this, no state, no local, this is just the federal government and the Federal Reserve, they'll have added somewhere approaching $33 trillion worth of debt in 12 years with no end in sight. I mean, think about it. We've I, I don't even know how many new treasuries have been invented in the last 12 years, but it's substantial. How many times they've added to the size of the auctions. We talk about how foreign participation really has has peaked. They're not buying more. I mean, Japan is back as the largest holder of debt, not because they were really buying more, but they've been rolling over uh, what they have. They have about $1.1 trillion. It really hasn't moved a lot, but they're not adding. China's actually been shrinking a little bit. You know, they probably shrunk their treasury holdings buy a hundred billion dollars you know to get get below where Japan is uh, none of the other foreign government I mean there's some buying going up but not much you know really when you think about it um, without China and without Japan you know you factor okay we, we whether we're number one or number two in GDP just depends on how you keep track but let's just say we're number one Okay, so uh, that leaves number two, China, who's just been selling. India, maybe three now. They don't buy a lot of U.S. debt, um, believe it or not. They, they don't have the money. 
Um, Japan is number four in GDP, right? They're they're just kind of holding steady. And then you've got a bunch of the European countries, Germany and France and 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 uh, England, and none of them are buying more. So you we have this funding problem where we've got to roll over all this old debt and at the same time issue new debt. Now the president is talking about, okay, hey, listen, we need to go into even more debt. If you think about it, we've already spent uh, $3 trillion in federal government and 3 to $4 trillion in federal reserve. So we, we've done 6 to $7 trillion of deficit spending just to, to fight this, this corona thing. And, of course, shutting it all down and doing all of those things, it's a problem. Uh, I just saw a headline flash. Airline travel fell uh, last week. So it's the first time since the uh, airlines have reopened, essentially, uh, where where airline travel now has fallen from the previous week. So the this V-shaped recovery, it's not happening. The extra $600 was such a big deal. Uh, that comes to an end. Some states, that ends this week. Other states, that ends next week. But it's done. Now, the president has come out this morning and said, in order for there to be another round of stimulus, a payroll tax cut has to be included. What he's talking about is FICA, right? Your your, your withholdings on your taxes, and that's obviously for Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid. Uh, The president has been talking about a payroll tax cut uh, for a while and now this is his way of getting it. Hey, I'm not going to give anybody money unless I get what I want. What I want is a payroll tax cut. This is going to be huge. Uh, this is going to significantly alter uh, the timeline for Social Security and, and bankruptcy and, and what we're going to do. Because right now, and believe it or not, right now we don't collect enough money to pay for all the benefits. So think about all the states with all their pension problems. Right? They don't have enough. They're they're paying so much to the people that are already retired that the ones that are working aren't paying enough in because there's more people retired than there are people working. This is the same thing, just on a much bigger scale now. Uh, the president wants to, and I, and I haven't seen, he hasn't said how big of a tax cut. So right now, if you are employed by an employer, you pay 6.2%. So if you took your paycheck and said, you know, let's just say you made, uh, I don't know, $100, right? Six, 6.2% or $6.20 goes to... Social Security and Medicaid and Medicare. And everybody's paycheck does the same thing. And I think it's um, the first, don't quote me on this, but I want to say it's somewhere between 110 to 120,000 
on, on the payroll taxes. Uh, and then once you get past that level, they don't collect any more of it. Uh, but but if you're self-employed, you pay 12.4%. If you're employed by somebody else, you pay 6.2%. Your employer pays 6.2%. So, and then that money goes into the kitty for Social Security, Medicaid, Medicare. I think... Uh, Social Security disabilities included in that. There's a couple of other little smaller programs, but the big three, Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid, that's what FICA pays for. The problem is they're not actually getting enough revenue to actually pay for all the benefits they've promised. So what happens now is the United States just adds the difference to the debt. In other words, Social Security goes, well, what they do now, they've added a funny little step. They go to this filing cabinet that is somewhere, I'm going to say it's in Virginia, right? It it could be in D.C., it could be in Maryland, I'm going to say it's in Virginia, uh, there's an office, and uh, in my mind, and who knows, it may all, all be virtual, but in my mind, there's this filing cabinet, and, and really filing cabinets uh, that are just full of IOUs. Uh, the Social Security Trust Fund is full of what they call non-marketable securities. In other words, they're treasury bonds, but they're called non-marketable. And the reason they're called non-marketable is because they actually didn't buy the bond. They created an IOU. Hey, we, we, we uh, collected too much, but the government spent the money, and we're going to get an IOU that made it look like we had bought treasuries with it. Because in theory, that was what was supposed to happen when Alan Greenspan, before he became the head of the Federal Reserve, how he became the head of the Federal Reserve was because he worked under the Reagan administration while Paul Volcker was crushing inflation. He developed a, the Social Security Trust Fund. Social Security used to be pay-as-you-go. They only charged what they needed to pay all the benefits. So the FICA tax used to be 1%. And then every you know three to five years, hey, it's, it's, it's now got to go to one and a quarter or 2%. Well, they jumped it up in the early 80s to where we sit today at this 12.4%. It was part of the thing that got lost in the Ronald Reagan tax cuts was the huge increase in the payroll tax. And it was a massive increase, and what it was designed to do was create a trust fund. At the time, they called it a lockbox. You know, and it's funny the terms they use, right? Trust 
fun. Like, hey, trust me, I'm from the government. Give me a break. Right? <laughs> Never, ever, ever trust the government. Believe me on that. Lockbox, right? Yes, Lucy, it's locked up in this box. You can't get to it. And they're right about that. We can't get to it. That's a fact. However, they could get to it. And matter of fact, in order to get the the trust fund passed, in other words, starting, I want to say, in 1983, the government started collecting significantly more money than they needed for Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid. What they did do, though, is they made sure that they could spend the excess. And that's how the bill got passed. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back right after the break. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a national volunteer organization founded by Phyllis Schlafly and continuing to uphold her legacy by opposing radical feminism and representing a traditional conservative perspective in our nation's capital. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Words like all and every can be very nasty words in politics. Phyllis Schlafly made a point of saying that she never told all women to do anything. When the public figures on the left started going around during the Brett Kavanaugh hearings saying we need to believe all women, they should have known that it would come back to haunt them sooner or later. And it looks like we're seeing it sooner. Former Senate staffer Tara Reid made a credible accusation of sexual assault against presidential candidate Joe Biden. Now every one of those feminists have to decide if they're going to denounce their own philosophy or if they're going to support President Trump. As you might imagine, not too many of the feminists are planning to vote for President Trump. Most of them refuse to answer for why they believe the flimsy accusations of Christine Blasey Ford, but don't believe Tara Reid's accusations. Some of them backpedaled by saying that they never really meant to believe all women in the first place. Some said that they're good friends with Joe Biden and that he's an honest politician, whatever that means. However, one feminist leader is being brutally honest about this whole situation. Representative Elon Omar made it known that she believes Reid's accusations, but that she'll vote for Joe Biden anyway. Yep, that's right. She'd rather vote for a man she believes is a sexual predator than to vote for President Trump. She thinks she's being morally consistent by believing Tara Reid, but how can she call herself a spokesperson for women when she ignores an infringement on a woman's most basic right? How can she claim to be a fighter for social justice when she supports the greatest injustice of all? Feminists are reaping the whirlwind they sow during the Brett Kavanaugh hearings. In America, all are innocent until proven guilty. When feminists denounced this bedrock principle of our justice system, they opened the door for complete political chaos. America needs to return to this bedrock principle, but not just while a Democrat is under scrutiny. Each of us has to make the choice of which candidate is best suited to uphold the value of liberty and justice for all. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. You've seen the desperation of women's marches, the disgrace of Planned Parenthood, the rise of savvy young conservative women. Radical feminism is heading down a dead-end road. Voice your opinion on what's really important to women at phyllisschlafly.com. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Talking about uh, Social Security and the reason as 
Trump this morning has demanded that a payroll tax cut be part of the next stimulus package. And it's an interesting way to go about it. It's a way to make the deficit uh, appear to be a little less. Uh, It's a good trick. Unfortunately, the ramifications of it will be uh, how soon will Social Security run out? And, And I've already told you. You know, it's 2020, and I've told everybody that will listen to me, because, you know, I know how to do math, and I'm not talking about calculus or statistics or any type of uh, mathematical theory with uh, imaginary numbers and all that stuff. I'm talking about addition and subtraction Maybe a little multiplication, very little multiplication and and uh, division. The only difference is the number's just a really, really big number, right? A lot of commas, uh, you know, because we're talking trillions and trillions of dollars. Just to give you an example, the the programs that live off of the payroll tax. It's about $2.5 trillion a year. It's a lot of money. And the government in the early 80s set us up. And they had us pay way more into the payroll tax, the great Reagan tax cuts, right? Big business. They came out smelling like a rose, right? They got the biggest cut of them all. Uh, there was a big, big cuts to uh, the millionaires and the billionaires. And, you know, be fair, middle tax got a tax cut. Everyone got a tax cut. But this was one of the big tax increases in those tax cuts. And the, the theory was, hey, we're paying for the baby boomers now in the early 80s and the 90s because we know we won't have the money later, right, today, and we Social Security can remain solvent. That was the plan. So what's happening today is we're not collecting enough. So they go to the filing cabinet that I say is in Virginia, and they start pulling some of these IOUs. All that happens when they pull them, whatever, you know, let's just say uh, they pulled $100 billion for July. Okay, let's just say that was the shortage for July, $100 billion. They go to the filing cabinet, they find $100 billion, and they turn it in. All that happens is that $100 billion just gets added to the national debt. That's what happens. So when they talk about when Social Security runs dry, hey, they could still pay 75% of the benefits. And, of course, my, my logic in my mind says, well, wait a minute. What happened to 76%, 77%? 
What happened to 80%, 85%? What happened to 90 95%? Heck, what happened to 96 97 98%, 99%? We're spending that now. That's why it goes from uh, 100% to 75 The reason why it jumps down you know, 25% like that is because when the trust fund runs out, the amount of money available will only cover three quarters of what it used to. So today I'm telling you, we're already, we're probably already at like 96, maybe 95, and we're covering it with the trust fund. But I've already told you, five years. I think 2025 is going to be when this occurs. And things like this payroll tax cut are going to be what gets me there. Uh, I believe Glenn is with us. Glenn, are, are you with us? I am with you, Joe. How are you today? I didn't even know uh, that you were with me. Uh, and Bernie sent me a text. And do you know where the filing cabinet is? Uh, well, wherever it is, it's full of hot air. Because <laughs> it, it, it's all fake. I mean, it, it, think about this, Joe. If it's a non-marketable security, that means it can't be sold into the real market. So it, it's worthless. Isn't that right? Correct. Other than, other, other than just making it a burden on the taxpayer. And quite frankly, I heard you know, at the beginning of the show, you're talking about how much the Fed is on they're going to be on their balance sheet. It matters, and then it doesn't matter. It matters because, yes, there's debt, but it also doesn't matter because it's imaginary fake money that they're buying it with out of thin air. So, I mean, unless people buy into the system and believe and trust it, everything's fine. But skeptics are like, this is ridiculous. All this is fake. None of this makes well, any sense. And that's you the bring problem. up a great point. Great point. Trust. Right, everything like Glenn said, it's true. Hey, we could go fifty trillion, hundred trillion, quad trillion, right, quadrillion if there's trust. What we don't know is when when does the trust come to an end? Right? So when we're sitting here and we're looking at at all of these numbers. And and I'm telling you, hey, in 12 years we spent 33 trillion, and the and the meter's still running, by the way. And and we've gotten away with it, sort of. Right? We've added a new reserve currency during that time. Right? China, the renminbi is now in the basket of currencies, even though they didn't meet the criteria. Right? It's the same thing with states reopening. Hey, we're going to follow CDC guidelines unless you don't want to, right? And they reopened and, and everyone paid a price. When does that trust end, Glenn? I think it, it's already ended in certain respects because if we're having these treasury auctions and nobody's there to buy, that means they don't trust our market anymore. They don't trust the investment in the United States. So the Fed has to step up and buy. Or the people who are selling, don't the banks have to step up and buy what they can't sell? Isn't that correct as well? Yeah, so the, yeah. the, the banks say, because the banks make money at the Treasury auctions because the Federal Reserve says, hey, we're going to pay you to sell them, right? Hey, 
You know, and they should. Let's face it, the government, you know, that's how it should be, right? I'm, I'm going to do you a service. I, uh, I should be compensated for that service. Problem is, is when there's debt left over, they've got to take it. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back right after the break. 800-951-0592. Patriot Radio News Hour. Double J and the professor here. Uh, real quick, I'm going to shift gears real quick. Uh, during the break, uh, there was a big uh, headline was passing. Uh, I was watching, this was on Fox, uh, talking about hotel occupancy, occupancy rates in closures. Uh, they're starting to file in now. They're expecting 8,000 or more hotels to permanently close their doors uh, before the end of the year. By the way, that's another major, when you think about major revenue streams for states, car sales is big. Hotels, big. Rental cars, big. These are big, big, major, they're, they're like arteries for state funding, um, and I know that the W just announced it's closing in New York. Uh, 8,000 hotels or more to close permanently before the end of the year. Uh, I mean, I just don't know how these states are going to do it. I, I really don't. Uh, obviously, that doesn't sound like a V to anybody. Um, occupancy rates. Let me just give you some color on it. In 2019, Occupancy rates week to week never got below 80%. The high was about 96%. So all year in 2019, anywhere from 80 to 96, most of it, occupancy at least appears to be about 90%. If I was to say, hey, give me the average the occupancy rate for hotels in 2019, about 90%. Then they show 2020. And they, they show uh, from March through today. Well, March they, is just a, a huge leg down. Uh, occupancy rates collapsed into the low teens in early April. Today, they're saying as, as of uh, today, the occupancy rate of hotels is still below 50%. I mean, that's just simple math, Glenn. Right? Hey, wait a minute. We went from 90%, you know, to 45%. Hey, we just lost half of our business. Well, how long do you think that can last? before you go out of business, right? Because, you know, the, everybody out there knows, hey, you know, if you own a hotel and your occupancy rate's 50%, you're probably not making any money, right, Glenn? That's right, and then add in the airlines, because, <laughs> I mean, uh, you've, and cruise ships, what's going to happen when cruises start kicking off again? Are they gonna, they've got to pack those boats to make money. The same thing with the airplanes. They've got to pack them. What about movies? 
now I know movies. I, I actually heard them say, well, if you don't go to a movie on a Friday or a Saturday night and just spread it out and go on a Monday, we can still make money at a 30 percent, uh, you know, rear end in the seat um, percentage there. Like, but who's going to go out on a Monday? I mean, if you're back at work, you're not going you're not going to a movie on a Monday night. You go on the weekend. I mean, that's just how things. But maybe we're not going to be back to to normal working anytime soon, because if you look at, at commercial real estate, people are already saying, if I can work for home, I'm staying at home. I'll take a I'll take a 30 percent pay cut if I can work at home, because it'll all balance out by the time you have wear and tear and commute. And you know, parking the, time, yeah, gas. Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, when when I'm at home, so obviously not that I want to be at home, but I've been at home. Well, I'm not driving my car. I'm not going out to eat. I'm, I'm if I'm hungry, right? I'm going to go downstairs and make myself something to eat. So you know, it, it's it's not just the the driving. It's the hey, uh, we're going to lunch. Uh, we're going to go. Uh, after after work to a happy hour, we're gonna all of those things stop, and and all of a sudden you've got a mess on your hands. They're now saying, forget about set set aside the national restaurant chains. Okay, set those aside. Your local mom and pop restaurant, maybe they own one. Maybe they own three, you know, some of, some of them could own ten, ten places. Just depends. Oh, but a lot of them, they own a single restaurant. Or maybe they own, uh, you know, one on this, you know, one in Phoenix, one in Scottsdale, you know, one in Chandler, right? So they may own multiple locations, but they're, they're not the big chains. Forty percent. And this is across the country. 40% of them are going to close, and they're going to close before the end of the year. How does that math work? You know, not that a lot of us are driving around a lot. Start paying attention. Start driving around and be like, wait a minute. Well, that's a local, that's local, that's local. What's You know, all of a sudden, every 10 you get, Hey, four of those are going to close before the end of the year. You know, and we when you just start adding all of this stuff up, Trump wants a payroll tax cut holiday, right? But we already aren't bringing in enough revenue to pay for Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid. We're not bringing in enough, right? We're we're using the fake IOUs. Well, it's not a fake; it's a real IOU because there really is no marketable security. We already aren't bringing in enough, and the solution is let's bring in a lot less. I mean, could you imagine if they cut it in half? Let's just say they cut it in half and said, okay, instead of 12.4, we're just going to collect 6.2. Well, that's about, I don't know, about $1.2 trillion. Yeah, I know, right? Hey, Plus, the not to mention the thirty million that aren't working. Federal Reserve will buy it. They buy everything. They'll buy it all, Glenn. You said it. Final segment coming up. Final segment here on a Monday. Uh, the specials that I'm chasing did not pan out. Be ready tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'm working on something big. 
We just weren't able to get it done. Tomorrow, be ready. Be ready tomorrow. I got a special that it's not done, but I think it's going to happen, and if it does, it's going to be a great one tomorrow, so be ready for that. Uh, you know, I was listening during the commercial break uh, in Colorado. They were playing our commercial, Glenn, about Social Security. You know, the Supreme Court ruled in the early 60s that Social Security, in the eyes of the court, is nothing more than a tax by the government. In other words, the money's not yours. Right? There's no account with your name on it and money just for you. It doesn't exist. The courts view Social Security as nothing more than a tax and that the government doesn't, they're under no legal obligation to pay us anything. That's the law. You know, when my uncle tells you, you better have an ounce of gold for every year you've been alive. And you better have an ounce of gold for your wife. You better have an ounce of gold for your kids. I mean, you name it. If you want to support people, you better have an ounce of gold for every year of their life. This is why. You know, when I sit there and I tell you, hey, we're already not collecting enough. And then I tell you, 30 million people aren't working that used to be working. Well, that's 30 million people that aren't paying the FICA tax every single week or every other week or every or every month, whatever your pay period is. They're not paying it. Now, all of a sudden, the account's going down faster. Now the president says, hey, payroll tax cut. Now it's going to go down even faster. What's the ramification of it? Well, the ramification is, hey, that, that fake trust fund just runs out of money sooner. And it's going to allow for the government to, quote, unquote, make changes. What kind of changes do you think they're going to make? You think they're going to make, oh, I don't know, hey, let's give everybody more money. You think they're going to do that? No. Right? They're going to find a way to give you even less. And technically, uh, to give us anything. I mean, that's really the sad part of it all. Um, and, and it's one of those things, Glenn, where, you know, the math only works for a little while. And then eventually you're like, wait a minute, I know how to add and I know how to subtract. And it doesn't take very long to figure out that math doesn't work. That math doesn't add up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's uh, Enron math. And uh, well, here's the big change: when they when they abandon the dollar and they go to the Fed coin or the digital dollar, they're gonna you're gonna take a huge haircut on your cash when you have to turn it in, just like back in '33 when they revalued the gold six months later. And that's what's gonna happen. It's they're just gonna move that decimal point, and you're just gonna have to suck it up and deal with it, Joe. Yep, yep. And it's just uh, another one of these things as we. Uh, look out into the future uh, of how quickly uh, these deaths are out of getting out of control. And, and and the problem is, I just don't see where it ends. All as I see is more opportunities for it to get bigger. Picture Radio News Hour, Glenn. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Everybody, take care. God bless. Keep praying for Eric.